0: uh hello is this the feed no this is patrick hello is this the feed no this is patrick
1: you're listening to the feed
0: welcome to this super bowl edition of the feed brought to you by eat at nate service as unique as you my name's coop and i am joined by ian what's up oh you know Ian, Super Bowl Fifty Three is this Sunday. Yes, it as is. As the Patriots are squaring off with the LA Rams in Hot Atlanta, more commonly known as Atlanta, you're a football fan, right? Oh yeah. So are you going to be watching this game? Oh, of course. I'm going to. I watch every single year. That's good. That's good. What are you most looking forward to in this Super Bowl?
2: Uh, it's a tough game for me because I'm a Seahawks fan, so huge rival of the Rams. But I think I'm looking forward to hopefully the Patriots losing
0: that I'm going to join that boat. I am not the biggest Tom Brady fan, and my dad is going to hate me for that. But the Super Bowl is huge. But was the Super Bowl always this big, Ian? No. Well, I took a look into
2: the history of the game because I've been a football fan most of my entire life. So I've grown up watching a lot of NFL Network, a lot of NFL Films productions, and the history of the NFL has always been something interesting to me. And with that, the history of the Super Bowl and how it kind of brought everything together between two leagues is something that I decided to take a look into before the big game. This weekend will mark the 53rd Super Bowl to be played between the two best teams in the NFL, despite the league being founded 98 years ago in Canton, Ohio. That's because the most anticipated football event in the world every year was created as a way to merge two professional leagues, the NFL National Football League and the AFL American Football League. The NFL prior to 1960 had come up against several other professional leagues, which proved to be no match for the powerhouse National Football League that was until the AFL came along. The AFL became the NFL's biggest rival not just in fan attention, but also to the players as well, who would often end up leaving to play in the other league. Lamar Hunt, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs and Al Davis of the Oakland Raiders, two teams from the AFL played integral parts in both leagues coming together in 1966 for what was then called the AFL-NFL Championship. It wasn't until 1968 when the game was officially called the Super Bowl. In 1970, both leagues officially merged into one simply known as the NFL. Within the league, two divisions were created the NFC National Football Conference which contained all the original NFL teams and and the AFC, American Football Conference, containing all the original AFL teams. PSN 1260 assistant program director and midday host Matthew Awanik believes that without the merger, one of the leagues surely
3: would have crumbled. Yeah, you would have had two leagues going at it until one league kind of had an end and the other league just ate up everything that was left over of that league. There's no way you would have had both leagues surviving. You know, we've seen many times leagues trying to catch up to the NFL. There's only one league that could reign supreme.
2: For as important a role the Super Bowl played in developing the merger, the AFL was always looked at as the little brother to the NFL. Owners of the AFL teams had to fight vigorously to have their teams be recognized and allowed to fully compete with the NFL. Even after both leagues came together for what would eventually be called the Super Bowl, there were still plenty of doubters that the AFL would continue to thrive. It wasn't until 1968 when the underdog New York Jets defeated the Baltimore Colts 16-7 in Super Bowl III to establish the AFL and allow the merger to fully grow. Throughout the many decades of professional football, nothing has quite reached the status of the championship game, In terms of hype, not only amongst sports fans, but people in the world. You would be hard-pressed to find anyone who has never heard of the Super Bowl. Looking back at how simple of a concept the Super Bowl was 50 years ago, it's interesting to see how big something so small has become.
3: I I don't think anybody could have ever envisioned the way football has taken off. Uh, And then that football would really just boom into this billion-dollar business that it is today. And you you look back and you kind of chuckle that, yeah, it was $12 for a ticket. I don't know what $12 would get you at the game today. I don't know if it's getting you parking or anything like that. Um, So I I don't think it would have been – possible for anybody back then to have thought that this was going to happen.
2: The Super Bowl has become one of the most watched events on television each year. Whether you watch it as a fan of the game or a specific team, or you're interested in the halftime show or commercials, the Super Bowl is something that resonates in some way with everyone. And it could never have existed if it weren't for some very determined owners 50 years ago. The biggest sporting event of the year is something that very well could not have existed. And to take a look into where it all began... Uh, it was it's really crazy to see how the NFL and the AFL could were able to actually coexist by just creating this one game that now has become even bigger than probably both leagues ever could have dreamed to be.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And it's almost funny to think, will the XFL be able to coexist? Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, going off of uh, $12 not getting you much at the game, which is very true, you're not going to get your parking or the ticket, but... At least in Atlanta, you can get a couple beers for $12. It's yeah, $5 a piece. Easily. So. Get a hot dog for $2, you're set. Exactly. So the prices are actually good there. Um, but, you know, it's hard to find somebody who doesn't know about the Super Bowl, as you mentioned in that piece. But there's got to be a reason for that, right? Like, what makes the Super Bowl one of the most watched TV events? Well, I went around Nate, and I asked uh, as many people as I could. And, well, this is what I found out
3: how I see it, it really doesn't matter who who wins, just as long as you try your best and be a good sport. Well that's garbage! Who said that?
0: Do you know what the Super Bowl is? Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. No. You may not find it listed on any calendar, but Super Bowl Sunday is considered an unofficial holiday. In fact, after Thanksgiving, more food is eaten on Super Bowl Sunday than any other day of the year. Most years, the Super Bowl is the most watched program on television. In 2015, the Seahawks and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl. More than 168 million people tuned in, making it the most viewed program in the history of the United States. 168 million? There can't be that many football fans, right? But the Super Bowl on broadcast TV gives us an opportunity for a shared, celebratory experience. From the competition, to the halftime entertainment, to yes, the ads. There are many reasons why people gather to watch the big game. And according to evidence, the ads are a very important reason. Nearly one in four Super Bowl fans watch because of the commercials.
4: I more so watch for the commercials to be honest. I'm, not a, yeah. big, I'm a big hockey guy. Like. Okay. you
5: yes, actually like Super Bowl commercials?
0: I'll watch, I'll watch the commercials after the game once they probably be.
6: Yeah, I usually check them out on YouTube after. Uh,
7: I probably wouldn't go out of my way, but I mean, if, to, if I happen to put the game on, I'll watch.
0: In 1994, the cost for a 30 second commercial was $900,000. By 2015, the price had risen to approximately 4.5 million. It's about 150,000 for every second. The most compelling part of the Super Bowl experience may be having some drinks and spending time with your friends and family, or the fact that we know everyone else is seeing it too and we just can't wait to talk about it the next day. This year's halftime show will be performed by rock-pop band Maroon 5. I don't to even know him, wait, no? this person? Time. No, it's a band. Maroon 5 will be joined by hip-hop sensation Travis Scott. The halftime show is always a big draw for the casual fan.
4: Travis Scott? Yeah. Okay. I'm
0: gonna watch Super Bowl now. Travis Scott's gonna be there with Maroon 5, too. Really?
1: out watching it. That yes. took a turn, just for Maroon 5. Halftime, yes. Commercials, maybe.
0: Not everybody agrees, though.
4: I'm going to the washroom.
0: Well,
7: I mean, I should say it depends on the show. Yeah, like the who's, sh- it depends on who it is.
0: Who's it is this year? Maroon 5.
3: Yeah, I'm going to the oh, i go to the back. <laughs> Not this year. No, I always say that's for the ladies. Halftime show doesn't really interest me.
0: Either way, you can guarantee Super Bowl Sunday will be full of Super Bowl parties all over the world.
7: Yeah,
3: we are, yeah.
0: Yeah, for, Oh, you guys are yeah. hosting one. Well, yeah, there you go. exactly. Am I invited? <laughs> 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 At the Super Bowl, there's something for everyone, and that's what makes it such a spectacle. So grab your friends, gather around on Sunday, and watch some good old football. Not a football fan? Uh, English football. The Super Bowl is huge, and uh, you could probably say that everyone and their dog watches. Yeah, I've had definitely. And I'm actually surprised with the
2: halftime show that Big Boy's not getting more like talk about him being no a doubt. local guy um, and some people like you said there's some people that care about football there's some that don't um, but they still watch the game for the halftime show and uh, Bobby you actually looked into the entertainment side of this
5: absolutely so the halftime show as we all know it's notoriously over the top we've got artists at the peak of their careers um, regarding it as like a once in a lifetime opportunity um, but I think the Super Bowl they have a, a thing where they don't really choose artists based on musical merit it's more importantly because of their popularity and significance of mainstream American culture Uh, This year's no exception, so let's check it out. The Super Bowl experience is more than just the game. The climax of the football season is more of a pop culture statement than it is a sporting event, at least partly because of the halftime concert. This year, the Pepsi-sponsored halftime show has a bit more drama to it than previous years. The big controversy surrounding Colin Kaepernick and Black Lives Matter has contributed to many boycotting the NFL. As a result, Super Bowl 53 committee had trouble locking down artists for the halftime show. Artists like Rihanna didn't want to have controversy to deal with. They ended up signing Maroon 5 and Travis Scott to the show with a special appearance to be made by Big Boy. This has its own controversy, as critics argue Travis Scott is a hypocrite for performing while asking the NFL to call for social justice. With the game just days away, the media is still buzzing. On Wednesday, the NFL canceled their press conference scheduled for the performers, stating, It's about the music. The artists will let their show do the talking as they prepare to take the stage this Sunday. I reached out to Tyler Jaramczyk for TSN 1260 and asked what he thought about the halftime show and its politics.
3: It is interesting how the game always kind of takes a backseat to things like this when it comes to the Super Bowl, but for the casual observer, I mean, this is the biggest TV event of the year, really, so who's playing that Pepsi halftime show and the advertising money that the league is getting from it, and who's going to be tuning in, all of that. It is a big story."
5: Whether the Super Bowl committee would be worried about any negative reactions surrounding the lineup of performers, he was quick to point out the goals of the Super Bowl committee.
3: I mean, when the committee is sitting down to pick out their halftime acts, they're really concerned with one, pleasing the sponsors, and two, making sure people watch. The media circus that's coming with this one, I honestly don't think they're going to be too, too upset about it because all it's doing is bringing more attention to the halftime show.
5: Statista anticipates 110 million viewers will be tuned into the halftime show, and there's excitement in the air about the upcoming performances. Online, there's considerable buzz about Maroon 5. The band, led by Adam Levine, has more than 15 million albums in the United States and over 100 million singles and 27 million albums sold worldwide. Travis Scott, despite controversy, has over 30 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone and is considered one of the top 50 performers in the world right now. As to what the die-hard sports fans think about the halftime show, Tyler Yurumchuk has a pretty good idea.
3: As a hardcore football fan, I don't really care who's playing the halftime show, but...
5: With all of their number one hits and their well-produced shows, Maroon 5 is expected to be the crowd favorite during the halftime show. However, Atlanta native Big Boy has considerable support coming from his hometown while he performs at the Atlanta game. So yeah, there's a ton of, or there's a little bit of drama happening, but it's still going to be quite a show. When I went around Nate asking students uh, what they... You know, we're most excited about with the halftime show. There was a lot of people really amped about Maroon 5 and Travis Scott too, um, but actually more people were more into the actual Super Bowl than the halftime show, which surprised me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, Maroon 5 is definitely going to be a good one. Um, I'm excited to see if SpongeBob actually makes an appearance yeah. like they've been teasing. They
2: said, they said they were supposed to be doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, That'd exactly. That would be really cool. That would be
0: perfect. Um, but we still got more to cover coming up. We've looked at the halftime show, casual appeal in the history, but the, this is the Super Bowl edition of the feed and we've got more for you. And we're returning to The Feed. Welcome back to The Feed. It's Ian
2: here, joined by Coop. Yeah. And we're talking Super Bowl this week. So far, we've recapped the history of the game, the casual appeal to fans, the halftime aspect of it. And uh, we'll be going into, I guess, more of a, a marketing side of it now. Yeah.
0: See, the thing is with the Super Bowl is, as uh, in Bobby's piece you heard, you got to make sure that people are going to watch the Super Bowl. And the advertisement companies know this. And they know people are watching, and they make sure that they need to make good commercials. Uh, We had Marcus, who's down in the South Lobby right now, take a look at the marketing and economic side of the Super Bowl for us.
6: Hey, Coops. So, yeah, I really wanted to look into the economics of the Super Bowl advertising, and I honestly, I learned a lot. So let's take a listen. With the Super Bowl going on this weekend, I thought it'd be pretty interesting to get into the science of why companies market the way that they do at the Super Bowl and spend the money that they do. And if it's even worth it, after all. For that, I needed a little bit of help.
1: Uh, my name is Ashley Harrigan. I am a senior strategist at Zay Creative. Um, So basically, my role at Zag is to deal with consumer insights and holistic brand visions and really making sure that the brand is set up for success and really stays on course.
6: So I wanted to know, are companies that advertise with the Super Bowl even really reaching the people that they want to reach?
1: I think it's important to note that the Super Bowl and the NFL most likely have different target audiences. Of course, there's going to be overlap, but the Super Bowl is an event. So you have people tuning in just because they're at a Super Bowl party or simply because they want to watch the halftime show. So I think it's really important to kind of delineate the two and keep in mind that it's not just the NFL audience that we're talking about.
6: But how successful is Super Bowl marketing really?
1: Success is such a funny word in advertising and it can be very subjective. So you know, it all depends on what they have their metrics set out for. So is it things like shares or impressions or views? Is it Twitter mentions? You know, creatively, I'd argue that the most successful ones are the spots that are shared the most because arguably they've made the larger whole take notice. But I think that's a double sided coin because on the other end of things, that doesn't mean that it will necessarily translate on the back end. doesn't mean that they've created a winning position that is ultimately going to bring people in to want to be a part of their tribe
6: but a Super Bowl ad one year ago for 30 seconds costed five million dollars so I had to know is it practical
1: I think when we're thinking about the budgets that are put forth in creating these spots is that at the end of the day it's not just a five million dollar spot We have to think about things like Production, who's the talent in the spot? Are you hiring celebrities? But more than likely, this is going to be some sort of bigger campaign. So you have to consider the numbers that are going on top of that as well. So already, you know, maybe we're at 10 million, 15 million.
6: Which is more money than I will ever see.
1: So I think the short answer really lies in the dollars and cents of things. So, I mean, you look at someone like a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or a Budweiser who, you know, literally play in the billions. Um, I think that they would absolutely be remiss not to be a part of the Super Bowl. Um, And quite frankly, they're expected to be there. And most of the time, they completely hit it out of the park.
6: Well, there you have it. Sounds like Super Bowl marketing is here to stay for a while. So I think it's pretty interesting, but I'm also a pretty big commercial guy. Uh, Do you guys have a favorite Super Bowl commercial?
0: Yeah, for me, I think I would have to go with... Like, I mean, off the top of my head, it's tough to think. Michelob Ultra makes great uh, Super Mm -hmm. Bowl commercials. I mean, Budweiser has some really heartfelt ones. Some historical ones, too. Yeah, but I think I got to go with uh, Doritos. I can't really pick a specific one, although the Time Machine one that we talked about off-air was good. I like that one. But I feel like after the Super Bowl, I'm always eating more Doritos because their advertisements are just brilliant. I mean, this year they have that one with Chance the Rapper and the Backstreet Boys singing I Want It That Way together, which is blown up. Yeah. And I mean, Pepsi. You mentioned is yeah. one of your favorites. Pepsi's mine. Like, and it's like
2: a sponsor of the Super Bowl. Like every other year, so it's like I always find myself with like two extra cases of Pepsi in my
0: house like, yeah. the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've pretty much talked about everything now. Yeah. We've looked at, I mean, the halftime show, casual peel history. We need a game preview. We do. And, well, we got Wyatt here. So, Wyatt, you're going to talk to us about some game preview stuff
2: here.
4: I would love to give you a game preview. Quickly on that uh, that commercial thing. Yeah. I used to take uh, an econ class at McEwen, and my economics professor, he compared Coke and Pepsi. Hmm. And he says the only reason that Pepsi runs Super Bowl ads is because Coke does. Oh, They're wow. forced to. Really? They don't want to get pushed down out of the market, so they have to run ads
7: Exactly. So yeah, just
4: you know, it's you know, it's not just the games that are competitive. No, uh, it's also the ads, and you know, this is a very a marquee game for a lot of people. I think uh, there's a lot of contrast between the two teams that makes people excited for this one. We got uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Tom Brady. If not the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever, five rings, five fingers on one hand. You know, he's going for the sixth. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he's just got to snap his finger. He could eliminate half the NFL. <laughs> but uh, we also got. Uh, Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. Well, I think the, the greatest coach of the all The greatest time. coach of all time. When you think about it, he's won Super Bowls even with the Giants as like a
2: linebacker's coach, like this guy's, he's legit.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we, we look at the other side with the Rams, and uh, it's Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley mm-hmm. leading the way as far as they go, but Maybe it's the defense that will save him in this one. Yeah,
2: well, I could see, I mean, Aaron Donald's obviously a big part of that as a defensive tackle. Best way to to beat Tom Brady, rush him. And if you can rush him up the middle so he doesn't have time to kind of scramble around, not that he's a runner, but, you know,
4: buy a little bit of time. That's their success to victory, I think. I expect a a really, really close game. And, uh, you know, I can only know so much as a couch-surfing fan. So I went to uh, youth football coaching legend Chris Durham for more information. Before we get to the game itself... Let's talk about how we got here. For the first time ever, both the AFC and NFC playoff games headed into overtime. First, it was Tom Brady and the New England Patriots taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Second and goal to Burkhead. Burkhead to the end
3: zone! Hello, Super Bowl! New England is heading back with Ken for the third straight year.
4: But what is the NFL without controversy? And there was plenty of that between the Rams and Saints. Breeze.
7: Passes. Incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee
4: Lewis. The matchup will feature the youngest ever coach in Super Bowl history, Sean McVay, as well as the largest age gap between head coaches at 33 years. I asked football coach Chris Durham how that will come into play Sunday.
7: Well, you got to give the edge to the Patriots simply because they've been there before and before and before. So, I mean, how do you deny that, Uh, that they've been to the big dance and they don't get caught up in the lights?
4: Quarterback is without a doubt one of the most important positions in football, so I needed to know who he believes has the edge under center.
7: We know what Brady's going to do. Jared Goff, Uh, you know, very little, there's been little talk about him but um, he has the ability. Jared Goff plays reasonably well, the Rams will win.
4: As a keen observer of the game, I asked Chris what other factors will have an impact on
7: it. My first X factor that comes to mind is not so much an X factor, but I don't think that the Rams defense has lived up to their billing yet. And I think that uh, the X factor is them. If all things come together, if the corners step up and they play unified, I think that defense can beat the crap out of the uh, Patriots' offense if they step up.
4: Maybe the most important side of the game is the mental half. What should you say to players in a game like this?
7: There's a time for big speeches, remember the Titans kind of thing, and there's not. It really depends on the complexion of your team. Finally, I asked the expert himself Who you got in this one? I'm, I'm pulling for the underdog, and you gotta call the Rams the underdog, even if the sports books say differently. Heart's there. Mind? I would put it this way. I wouldn't be putting, you know, your future tuition or your savings, Wyatt, on, uh, on the Rams because the Patriots are too wily.
4: I think a, uh, a quote that I didn't get to put in there that I really loved was uh, Chris said that his heart is not only with the Rams but against uh, the Patriots. But even at <laughs> that, he still believes that most of the advantages still go to the Pats in the coaching aspect. And although he may have brushed off Tom Brady by saying you you know what to expect, that is pretty much all you need to know. Like, Tom Brady is consistent. He's got the five mm-hmm. rings. It's, uh, it's right there. So I want to know, did uh, Chris sway you guys in any way? He did, but not in the way that you'd think. Like, he, he was obviously
2: saying that the, the Patriots are going to win, but he kind of swung me more to the Rams by talking about that defense and how they have been kind of underperforming this year based off of what they look like on paper. Um, but this could be that game where they, if they suddenly show up, I mean, we've seen Brady struggle against some good defenses before last year. I think they might actually be able to pull this out. I think he's kind of swayed me the other way now.
0: Yeah, I just think there's too much uh, inexperience on the side of the Rams, so i got to stick with the Pats. I think it'll be a 28-17 win. I really like the story of having the oldest coach taking on the youngest coach ever in the Super Bowl, but I think that's going to be the main reason he's the youngest coach ever. It's his first Super Bowl, same with Jared Goff, and a lot of that defense that we talked about um, has never played in the big game. So,
4: Yeah, and for sure, I'm going to have to stick with you, Coop. Uh, the Patriots, it's just so hard to bet against them because they've been there so many times. Uh, if I was going to take a venture guess, I'd say 28-24. I think it'll be a close game within a touchdown at least. i uh, Go Patriots. Unless (laughs) unless
0: Eli Manning suits up for the Rams, I don't think the Rams are going to pull
4: it out. uh, Tom Brady's only kryptonite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eli Manning.
0: But uh, we're going to be watching the game, and hopefully you're going to be watching the game too. Uh, You can check it out on CTV for you Canadians or CBS. Um you get the American commercials. Mm-hmm. And uh, the start time is gonna be four thirty PM. It's Probably
2: the... a little more like four forty five. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. National anthem <laughs> takes like twenty
0: minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: especially especially the American can... one.
4: You can catch it at the Canadian brew house downtown. Me and Tyler Mchuk will be oh. there giving away some free beers. Oh
0: Patriots Rams, four thirty in Atlanta. That's on
4: Sunday, so check it out. Do it. Well, this has been the feed, guys.
2: We've been recapping the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoyed it.